This is Dr. Jerry Tolbert, and this is the third episode of Here's to Your Health. Today I want to talk about the costs uh, involved in healthcare and some of the um, issues surrounding that as well as bring up a resource for those of you who may be interested in seeing just how much uh, procedures cost and just how easy it is sometimes to compare them and just how difficult it might be to compare them in the near future. So U.S. healthcare costs have been rising uh, for many, many years uh, with expenditures in the U.S. over $2.3 trillion in 2008. That's trillion with a T. Um, and if you look at it, it was actually $714 billion with a B in 1990. Uh, so that's three times as much over the course of about 18 years. And the numbers as far as percentages on GDP and, and some of those other um, big numbers that don't always mean a whole lot. The, one of the things that does jump out is that it was about $7,681 per resident uh, in the United States, which is a big deal. That's a lot of money uh, being spent on health care. And there are uh, some interesting breakdowns. If you look at um, the uh, CMMS website, that's a Center for Medicaid and Medicare and Medicaid Services, uh, they have a bunch of national health statistics, and just to kind of break them down a little bit, um, there's an interesting t- statistic that does jump out when you look at health expenditures, and this is 2008 data, which is one of the most recent years to have a good, complete set of, of data. Hospital care and physician clinical services uh, combined uh, only account for about 51% of the nation's health expenditures. Now, I say only because that seems like a lot, but when you look at some of the other things that are being added in there, retail products, program administration, government public health, investment, which um, that's not broken down, so I don't really understand that one as well as I should, and I'm going to do some research on that one. Um, And other professional services altogether actually account for more than physician clinical services when you talk about healthcare expenditures. Now, there are some other things in here like home health, nursing home care, dental care, prescription drugs, um, and those account for the remainder. But the, the problem that... Uh, arises out of all of this is that most people have no idea how much they spend on health care each year. Uh, There are the select few that are very aware of their spending and do a very good job of tracking it and can tell you to the penny how much they've spent personally, Uh, but not everyone knows how much their insurance company may have have put out, Uh, and they oftentimes don't know how much uh, in terms of uh, true expenditure or, or revenue that they're generating for the healthcare industry uh, by uh, utilizing uh, the U.S. healthcare system. And so this is sort of a nebulous topic, and it's one that's very difficult to get a handle on for a lot of people. And so today I wanted to kind of talk about some of the background of healthcare spending and where it comes from, uh, a little bit of the background on who decides how much things cost, and I really want to give you a resource that you can use to plan ahead when it comes to healthcare spending and maybe have a better idea of, of just how much things are actually going to cost. So 
I want to start with a story. One of my good friends, another physician who was employed at the same hospital I was uh, the last couple of years, went to the hospital where we were employed and asked them, the billing department, how much ballpark is it going to cost to have my wife deliver her baby here? And they flat out refused to answer. They did give some reasoning, and it's a fairly common reason that's heard when asking about healthcare costs, but they would not give him a number. Not even an estimate, not a guess, nothing. And it's a story that I hear over and over and over again. You can't find out how much it's going to cost beforehand. Now, I'm the first to line up to talk about the fact that you cannot predict what is going to happen when you go in the hospital. I agree with that 110%. Having worked in the hospital for the last few years, having been around hospitals my entire life, um, things happen that we cannot predict, that we cannot control. And when they do, they change how much something's going to cost. So I understand that, that part of things. But it, it makes no sense to me that there can't be more transparency in how those prices are decided. And so one of the things that I want to talk about now is just how those prices are decided. And it may surprise you, um, or it may not. Primarily, it is the insurance companies that decide how much a procedure or an office visit or any medical-related uh, service that you receive, the insurance company decides how much that is actually worth. That is a, an oversimplification, but let me explain. Every year, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services sets program payment rates uh, for the providers based on a formula that takes into account geographic location and cost of living and all of these other um, you know, things. It's a very difficult, complicated, and uh, some would argue unfair formula. And I don't want to get into that discussion right now, but it is a very hotly debated topic right now, uh, especially in um, medical associations and um, amongst physicians and clinicians uh, at the highest levels of government. Uh, this idea that um, that organization that's deciding how much these things are worth um, isn't doing a good job. But all that aside, they set out a payment rate program. Uh, and it's a, it's a list. It's actually a spreadsheet. You can download it off of their website. It tells you exactly how much they will pay for each individual service. Now, the easiest things to pull off their website, um, especially as a non-clinician, are things like labs. Um, you can see that um, in certain states... A, what we call a complete blood count, where we look at blood cells, uh, red blood cells, white blood cells, um, and the, the ratio of, uh, of uh, the white blood cell types. We look at the size of the red blood cells, all those things. So that, that complete blood count, in some states that's worth $12, and in other states it's worth 8 and in some states it's worth 20 But you can see that, exactly how much that Medicare and Medicaid will pay for that test uh, when your provider submits a claim. And so they determine how much those things cost. Um, because, in essence, if you charge more than that, the insurance company is not going to reimburse it. And, and as, uh, as does Medicare, so do the rest of the major um, insurance organizations. And that's, that is another oversimplification. There are some other uh, things that go into private insurance, but primarily private insurance follows Medicare. So they set out a list of what they're willing to pay for your service. And essentially, uh, the hospitals and the providers say, okay... 
that's what we'll charge. Now, some insurances will say, well, you have a 20% copay of whatever's, of whatever's uh, billed, and so you can charge a little bit more for those services as a hospital or as a clinician, and the patient actually ends up paying uh, that little bit of overage. Now, the hospitals can say, you know what, um, we are dealing with some serious subjects here. We are going to uh, clean out the arteries of your heart so that you don't have a heart attack. And that, to me, is not worth $8,000. That's worth $12,000. And so the hospital can charge $12,000. And your insurance is only required, based on what they've contracted with you, to pay the $8,000 that they say they will. The other $4,000 then has to come from you. And that's where all of these giant medical bills that insurances aren't covering uh, a lot of times come from. The hospitals or the clinicians say, you know what, I think it's worth more than what Medicare and Medicaid and private insurance have said. Uh, and so I want... To, to charge more. Now, that is entirely subjective. There is very little objective data that goes along with a lot of these cost schemes. They try to make it objective with this uh, equation that they've developed, but it does a poor job of being objective. It's still incredibly subjective. Um, and that's not really a debatable point um, when you look at the math. And so the, the problem comes in who is going to decide how much those things cost. And that's not something that I could even begin to talk about, not only um, intelligently, but it's just a topic that would take way too long uh, for this short-form podcast. And so um, all of that aside, this, this is all to just to say you know, that it is a large number of people uh, that decide how much these things are going to cost, uh, but what happens there is that because different people say different things, um, hospitals are afraid and clinicians sometimes are afraid to quote exactly how much things are going to cost. As an example, as a clinician, if I wanted to see a Medicare patient and charge them $35 because uh, I felt like what I did, though based on Medicare's guidelines, was worth an $85 office visit charge, but I felt like out of the goodness of my heart, this, this old person who is on nine medications and who pays $800 a month for their medications, I don't want to charge them $85. Um, I want to charge them $35 because I want to keep Medicare costs lower. I am at that moment guilty of Medicare fraud. I have just told Medicare that even though I did all these things, I only charged this person uh, half of what um, I thought or what you require me to charge them. And so it is a very legal minefield that determines how much things cost, and it also affects the transparency that we can give when it comes to those costs and how we can change them if we want to as clinicians. Um, and, and the insurance companies and the government ultimately decide where those lines are drawn. All that being said, when you ask a hospital how much a procedure costs, they start talking about, well, it depends on what insurance type you have and how much your premium, you know, what, what level of insurance you are on, what company you have, um, what kind of extra items that you might need when you come in the hospital, you know, what your physician fee is going to be, and that's billed separately. Um, and so there are a lot of different things that go into how much a hospital stay or even a procedure will cost. The interesting thing is that there are a fairly good number of base rates for the single uh, procedure itself. Let's say you're going in to get an x-ray. Um, there are good numbers that are established for how much it costs to get a chest x-ray. But the hospital's not going to tell you that because they 
don't want to promise a number and then have it be different. And you know, I, this isn't a this is in no way an indictment of the hospital. I understand from a business standpoint that you don't want to um, drive people away by saying that things are going to cost too much or more than they actually do. But also, you also don't want to undercharge for the things that um, patients are going to be receiving, and you don't want to set that bar too low when you're a for-profit entity. And, and that's not, this is not my opinion, but this is, this is, I understand the thinking, the thought process that goes into this. And I admit it is concerning to me that that profit is one of the first things that's thought about when it comes to those things. But um, unfortunately, our healthcare system is driven by money. You know, they charge for uh, procedures, they charge for equipment, they charge for medications. And the people that charge for those things, you know, expect to be paid for them. And there are only a finite number of resources inside the system. And as a provider, you know, I want to do my best to be a good steward of that finite amount of resources. And that doesn't mean that I'm not going to do everything I can to help someone. But it does mean that uh, I want people to understand how much things cost uh, before we dive into them. And uh, this definitely uh, takes a uh, different spin when you're talking about people's lives. So all of that being said, now I want to talk about quickly a resource that you can use to get some ballpark figures on how much individual procedures, uh, prescriptions, tests, those kinds of things, how much they cost, and for certain cities, this website also has some uh, clinics and other things that you can, lists of clinics and clinicians, and um, just some other good information as a healthcare consumer uh, that you might find useful. So the site is lesleyslist.org, so L-E-S-L-I-E-S-L-I-S-T dot O-R-G, and uh, you, you may have heard of Craigslist. Well, this kind of came along after that. Uh, 2009 was, was when this was started, um, and I've been a big fan of it ever since. And right now it's limited to Chicago and, and Dallas. To give you a little background, um, Leslie's List was started in 2009 really by a single individual, Leslie Ramirez. She's an internal medicine doctor in Chicago. And she wanted to find out how much things cost because she wanted to make sure she was being a good steward of her patient's resources. And so she started out collecting prices initially on medications and vaccines and diabetic testing supplies. Um, but that actually spread over into uh, diagnostic services. So things like uh, colonoscopy and, and, CT scans and ultrasounds and sleep studies. And all of this was in the Chicago area. And uh, since then, it's actually spread. They've got information on Dallas now. And all of it is either reader-submitted or organization-submitted. When she gets the organizations to say how much they charge for these things, that's what goes in the list. When she gets uh, information from a patient, that's what goes on the list. And so, for example, she gives a list of seven different providers for colonoscopy in the Chicago area. And... For the clinical professionals, this is it's listed by CPT code. So um, there's a procedural charge code that goes along with every procedure that we perform as a, as a clinician. And this um, list takes that code and then matches it up to the price that this, this institution is charging. And the range, interestingly enough, for a colonoscopy is $950 all the way up to $2,200 plus. Or, I'm sorry, $2,500. And the difference is probably... Um, 
you know, one is probably in a private office and, and several of them are in hospitals. And, and so there are different prices based on where this procedure is being done and the, the, the costs and overhead for doing that procedure, let's say, outside of a hospital. In a hospital, they do, excuse me, 30 of them a day. Outside the hospital, they may do five. And so to have all of that equipment and to have, the, you know, anesthesia and the other things that may be necessary may be um, driving up that price. But as a consumer, you can say, hey, you know what? They've got a decent price at Hospital X. It's not the lowest price. It's not the highest price. But it's a price that I now know I need to save toward. And I can go to that hospital and have this done. And, you know, colonoscopy, here's a pitch for public health. Over the age of 50, every 10 years, everyone needs to have a colonoscopy uh, in order to look for uh, those uh, slow-growing, what we call polyps or little outgrowths, uh, tumors, uh, if you want to be... correct, uh, that could eventually become cancer, and it takes a long time for that to happen, but if every 10 years we look for them, we can prevent them from going further. Close public health tag. Anyway, this website has a lot of good information. If you're facing any kind of imaging or testing, um, if you're looking at at health maintenance and preventive care, uh, this gives you an idea of what those things are going to cost. And while it is for the Chicago area, those numbers are pretty consistent. Um, If you look at Dallas, you look at Chicago, there's not a huge difference between the two data sets. Now, there is difference inside the data set, and that's probably the more important thing to take away from this. But between the data sets, it's fairly consistent. And so, again, this is decided by, you know, Centers for Medicaid and Medicare Services. The last part of this is actually um, on, on that website as well is, is the prescription drug listing. And uh, this is another important place for uh, healthcare consumers. Everybody at some point or another is going to have to take some medicines. And the, the resource there allows you to compare. You search for the drug by name or you can search by different types of drugs. And it will give you the costs at several major centers. And this is actual data she called the pharmacies. And they update it fairly frequently. Things like the Walmart $4 list are on there, and, and there are other companies throughout the United States that have made a huge impact on the cost of healthcare by offering some of these lower-cost uh, prescriptions. Um, I'm a firm believer that, that there are some very, very good medicines that are available on these, on these inexpensive medication lists that um, really save potentially millions of dollars in, in healthcare uh, expenditures and save consumers a ton of money. And so this uh, this website will allow you to kind of compare prices there. Now, there are two caveats to this. One, um, you're going to hear pharmacists say, you know, you don't want to split up your drugs. You want to get your drugs all from the same place because we can do good checking on them, make sure there are no interactions, and that we can catch problems that your physician might miss. And, and that's actually very true. I don't want to, to downplay that. Uh, but if you have a primary care physician who's managing these medications and you are diligent about telling him or her, what those medications uh, are, and your primary care physician is interested, as I am, in making sure that those medications are up to date, that that list is accurate, that you know that I, as your clinician, know what medicines you're taking. Um, if the, that's the case, then it's okay to shop around for your medications. You can have prescriptions at different pharmacies to save you money. As a healthcare consumer, it only makes sense. You just have to be very, very, very careful. And, and understand that there needs to be one individual who's managing that information. And, and that's another plug here for primary care. You need a primary care physician to do that. There are uh, oftentimes 
multiple people prescribing medications, and it's not good um, to have multiple people prescribing medications and no one keeping an eye on it. So, um, again, plug for primary care. Find a primary care physician who can manage that medication list, and then it's not a problem to shop around to get the best deal on your medications. Uh, We talked about a lot uh, today, and this is probably the longest podcast so far. The rest of them will probably be around this length, maybe a little bit shorter, um, but I'm going to try to talk about some of the issues uh, that are facing patients and then offer some suggestions for how to get around some of these things. And um, those are going to be the the majority of these podcasts. And then question and answer and myth-busting kind of things are going to be interspersed amongst them. So, again, check out Leslie's List, L-E-S-L-I-E-S dot O-R-G, and um, understand that it's wise to be a good steward of your healthcare dollars. This is Dr. Jerry Tolbert, and here's to your health. The contents of this podcast are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Uh, The physicians involved do not in any way guarantee or warrant the accuracy, completeness, or usefulness of any of the messages presented herein and will not be responsible for any of the content of any message. For all medical questions, always consult your personal physician for any specific medical advice.